Are you interested in building water features professionally? Whether you have an existing contracting business or are looking for a fun and profitable side hustle, then you found the perfect podcast to follow. I'm Greg Whitstock, the Pond Guy, founder of Aquascape Inc., and this is my podcast. Each 20-minute episode profiles the journey of a successful certified Aquascape contractor whose best practices you can emulate. I love my job, and here's how you can too. Well, we are with Chris Thompson from Just Add Water in Des Moines, Iowa. How are you doing, Chris? I am great. Well, this is exciting because not only are we talking to you about the podcast right now, this is your actual week. Just yesterday, your very first uh, vlog came out, which really featured your really awesome water feature at your house. It was fun to watch it, wasn't it, and relive the experiences we had this summer? Yeah, absolutely, especially I think yesterday it was like, I don't know if it got over zero, so seeing our <laughs> pond in June last year when it was nice and warm. Oh, my gosh, yeah. You can, re- you can relive the good times. So, buddy, talk a little bit about, uh, you know, we do these all in 20 minutes for experienced listeners here. Talk a little bit about your background and how you, uh, your journey to becoming a pond guy. Okay. Yeah, sure. So I uh, did everything, and I went to college like you're supposed to, got a degree. <laughs> um, you know, uh, actually my background is teaching. Figured I didn't want to be a teacher, uh, but liked working outside. So I was in Michigan at the time. That's where I grew up. And I got a, uh, a job, a part-time job working for my brother's buddy. He did, like, uh, lawn care and some minor landscaping. So I started working for him. Um, from there, I became a partner with him and ran that business in Michigan for a couple of years in the Ann Arbor area, kind of in uh, Kirschbaum, Chuck Kirschbaum's backyard. Um, yes, yes. So we were there for a couple of years. Uh, I bought a, uh, a, a townhouse, um, my first my first home, and um, I was really interested in the water features at the time, but we didn't do them. And I actually like submitted to the board. I was doing some research. I wanted to build like a pondless waterfall, basically. I didn't really know what a pondless waterfall was out in front of my place where I used to sit out mm-hmm. there with my dog and stuff. Um, they told me I couldn't do it, um, and then kind of left it from there. Um, my wife graduated from college and took a job to Iowa. And we moved out to Iowa, um, and I started a landscape company here, kind of doing the same thing, some lawn care. And some what year was that? Uh, that was uh, – well, I moved out in the fall of 2003, right at mm-hmm. Thanksgiving time, started my business in 2004. And we got married in, in that spring as well. So mm-hmm. one of the first things I was doing was looking for vendors, and I walked into a supply yard, and they actually had a pondless waterfall and a pond right out in front, and they were a, uh, I didn't know what you guys called them, like authorized oxygen dealer. I don't know what it was called back then. Mm-hmm. Yep, um, yes. Rhino, rhino material they had in there. I went in there, and I asked a guy about at the desk about these water features that I was I'd like, wanted one. And um, they told me at the time they had built upon days back then. So that first year, you know, obviously I was trying to establish a company. I was mowing grass, but I was going to every build upon I could go to. And then I actually made some contacts with landscapers, like some small landscapers. I basically said, you know what, if you're building a water feature, let me know. I will come work for free. Um, I'll just be slave. So, Chris, what was it? You, you know, you're a mow and blow guy. What was it about water that really attracted you? So, I, I told this. Uh, well, anyway, when I was a kid, I grew up in the middle of nowhere, like in uh, Michigan. Michigan's a really, like, wet, swampy place. You know, but now we call them wetlands and all that kind of stuff. So, I like... You know, I was a typical kid. I would leave in the morning, and I would not go inside until dinner time. 
Mm-hmm. And we're out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, I was like 13, 14 miles just to get to the high school. It was a mile just to get to a main road. Like ours is a private road. So I would just play in the swamps, um, climb trees, all that kind of stuff. Um, the really cool thing is my next-door neighbor, um, which next-door neighbor, you know, was like a quarter mile away. Um, mm-hmm. I used to go over to their house. They, were, they worked. They had older kids. So they were never around. Um, but they actually had a goldfish pond, a concrete one. Like it's mm-hmm. three foot by two foot right by their front door. So I used to go over there when they weren't around and just like watch the fish swim around this little thing, this little concrete yeah. pond. Yep, yep. So, I mean, this is like, I was like 11, 12 years old. I just thought it was the coolest thing ever. And I think just that, and then also um, the, uh, you know, where I grew up at. And then on top of that, I, I always liked, I was in the Legos. I liked building stuff, creating stuff. Um, as a kid, I thought I was going to be an architect. So I liked designing and, and doing stuff. So it just kind of, you know, when I, as I got older, I just like, I want to work outside, but I also want to be creative. And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I kind of came in the industry as a, you know, mow and blow. You know, we did a little bit of landscaping. It was fun, but not like pond fun. So okay. after my wife and I got married, um, we got married in the spring. We bought a house in the fall. And I basically said, I want to build a pond in the backyard. I had done some build a pond days. And then the next spring, so 2005, I started digging a, like a 16 by 21 pond mm-hmm. in the backyard. And it took about three months to build it, you know, like a hour here, hour there. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. It was like the funnest thing I've ever done. My wife loved it. Um, We had a pond party. We got an article in the paper. We invite all my lawn care clients out. Mm -hmm. We just uh, had a bunch of people over on a Saturday. And uh, crazy thing is I sold like, uh, there's three people that come there, came at that party that I met that I'd never met before that we would end up doing water features the next year. Nice. So it, it was basically my stepping stone into it. And from there, I was just like, I want to work from what I'm doing now to just doing water features. And that took... Amen. Amen. So that about, was a neat transition. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yep. I, oh, go ahead. What is the, what's the business like today, Chris? So you have... So basically, you know, you've been... You always had a lifelong love for this, but 2005 is when it really kind of launched with the pond side of the business. How long did it take to to get rid of the, the mow and blow side of the business, and then what's the current operations and sales breakdown like today? So I would say by 2007, mm-hmm. um, I think it was 2007, all I did was water features. And it was, uh, everyone told me I couldn't do it, I'd go out of business. Um, so I think I got rid of the lawn care in 2006. I did it for a year or two, and then uh, 2007, 2008, I went exclusively water features. We did do landscape, mm-hmm. but only if we were in the yard doing water um and then by 2009 i know that's where we started seeing growth and that's when the economy crashed um Mm -hmm. uh so i think 2009 i had a foreman my first foreman and i was kind of a part-time on the crew and Mm then um you know we we kind of you know got through the recession thing and then Mm -hmm. uh, i think we 2012 i had a foreman again and now i'm to a point where we have um so I have a, a lady that works part-time in the office with me. Um, I'm exclusively in the office um, every now and then I'm on a site. And then I mm-hmm. have an operations manager, uh, Will, who's been with me since 2013. Um, and then we have uh, three full-time guys right now in the field, and they're actually full-time in the winter. And then once we get in the spring, we'll probably bring on anywhere from one to three guys. Um, 
so we have what's that five i have five employees on payroll right now and we'll probably get up to seven or eight mm-hmm. during the season mm-hmm. uh, and I, and i think you're isn't it that didn't i read that this year was your was your goal was a million yes yeah, so we set a goal for a million last year we did 790 mm-hmm. um uh see I, I have it written down right here 790 in 2019 we did uh, 640 in 2018 and 616 in 2017. So our biggest problem we've had to get into the million isn't that we can't sell the work, it's that we can't produce it. So um, our team was, uh, we had a couple really green guys last year, yep. and they're going to have a year under their belt. So we've sat down a week or two ago and like went over the numbers and all this kind of stuff, and we, we have a path to a million. So we're going to, our goal is to shoot for a million dollars in revenue this year. It'll be a first year ever, you know, hitting the million. And everybody's on, um, everybody's on board with that. You, you know, I, I know that you do a lot of training in the winter, including putting in a sandbox in your thing, and then your goal setting, you got a, a board. You mean, talk a little bit about that, because I do know that uh, at one time you were, you know, pretty much not doing that, and, and you were ready to, you know, turn it over and just get into something else, but then you really turned things around and, and got everybody involved. What was the story there? So the big thing there, yeah, I had some, I mean, it was like right after the recession, we had a, a young kid at home and it just, we weren't making money. No, I, I mean, it was hard to make money. Um, part of it, I didn't know what I was doing. So for me, the turning point was, you know, learning my numbers. So, I mm-hmm. mean, what is, what learning numbers means is, you know, actually creating a budget, figuring out what actually stuff costs you and then tracking stuff. So you can create a budget all day, but if you don't actually track anything, um, costing jobs. So after you complete a job, actually spending the time to go back and say, hey, hey, you know, this is what I bid it for. This is what I thought it was going to cost. This is what it actually cost, and this is what, this is what you know, we made on it. So um, setting that up, creating systems, you know, basically ways to bid it. I mean, we used to bid by, you know, by field. Oh, that's an $8,000 job. And there was, like, that was the end of it. There was no, like, okay, we got the job done. Did, it, did, it, did you complete it in the man hours you thought? And everything was in my head. So just getting it down on paper. So now, like, created a system where, you know, using spreadsheets or whatever, just to basically say like, hey, we're going to sell this job for X dollars. It's going to cost this. And mm-hmm. then we're going to track everything. And then after it, we're going to go through it. So now, now we can make adjustments. So when that job, like a job similar comes to up to it next time, you know, you need to bid a little bit more, a little bit less. That was a big mm-hmm. thing. Um, uh, yeah, but also that makes it so if you do that stuff, so when a guy like Will Reese comes along, and he wants to bid jobs. Now I have a system that I can hand him in, hand him, and say, "Here's how you do it." Um, so that was a big thing for me. Uh, for example, you know, finding a break-even. Um, I mean, you've talked about it forever, but the yep. budget determines your break-even. And now um, my guys all know it. So every year, my guys know what our break-even is, and the, I track it. I tell them where we're at. All the time and that really and that really turned things around and now you're you're running your business and your business isn't running you would that be a good way to say it yeah yeah absolutely so big thing for us is the team so you talk about the training like mm-hmm. my thought process I have I have until March 1st to get these guys to the point where I feel really good that they know everything they need to know to go out and do a great job because we're to mm-hmm. the point now where I can't I can't be involved in decision-making will can't be involved in all the decision-making all we can do is prepare these guys to make the best decisions uh, to take care of our clients. Um, so it's just, you know, basically pouring into them our knowledge to set them up for success. Uh, big we did, we introduced a few years ago, was like the ability for them to upsell. Um, and and, and, get, a, and get a commission. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, they get a commission, but also, I mean, like on a spring clean-out, if they talk to the client and they want lights, instead of, like, physically calling Will or I to say, hey, these people want lights, they just have the authority to basically sell the lights, install the lights, teach the customer how the lights work, collect the money, um, collect the commission off it, but then also, you know, it's a better experience for the customer that they're able to do it right then and there versus us having to come back, try to get lights in a pond that's clean, it's full of water. They already have the pond yep. empty. So stuff like and that. that. And, and that and supporting them and involving training. What, what, what would be a good story to illustrate why you love your job? Uh, you know what? It's a, <laughs> really easy. I love being outside. Um, so, and it's like a totally changing environment. It's just challenges. You know, we do some really small stuff and some really big stuff. So um, to see, like last year, we did a really big, uh, big project in the fall. To mm-hmm. see the creation I had in my mind that I designed, that I talked to this, this uh, client about, actually see it come together. Like I mentioned before, I like building things. Like I'm a, you know, I've tore up my yard three times to build my pond. So it's just, mm-hmm. a, um, you know, I like the part of the construction part of it and just seeing like a vision come to, fruition, I guess. And then on top of that, so that was like my big thing, but now it's more enjoyable for me to see my guys create my vision and then also see them adjust it and make it even better. Amen. So, and I, and when we were out vlogging, we had lunch with a lovely lady, Heidi Jean, who was a really good customer of yours. Talk a little bit to the listeners about her and, you know, her passion for her pond. So Heidi, um, Heidi, uh, she came to us, actually. She found us through the CAC locator lead. Um, she had a house with a, a do-it-yourself pond, so it had a lot of problems. Mm-hmm. So we started trying to make her experience at that pond better. Um, and about the same time, they decided to downsize. And part of the deal was they would downsize and they would get the pond of her dreams. So um, <laughs> Heidi, Heidi lost her son in Iraq. Mm-hmm. I think it was about five years ago, right? Right when he got over there. He was a young kid. Yep. So he he died in a helicopter uh, crash. Um, So for her, her her happy place is gardening and being in the yard Mm -hmm. and working with the water and stuff like that. So she really loves her water feature. So so when they bought the new house, they weren't um, weren't even in the house yet, and we were in the backyard designing the water feature. Amen. Um, we actually we actually set it up. She set it up so they closed on one day, and she we started working. I think the same day. Um, they closed <laughs> in the house, and we we were we were showing up on the site to start digging. So for her, I mean, it was like a newer client. You met her, and she was a newer client. But it's well, like that was a first year stuff. pond, right? Yeah, we built it the mm-hmm. fall before. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, she insisted that we plan our schedule so she could feed us lunch. She wanted to meet you. But, you know, like you, like you said, it's like the, one of the nicest people you ever met. Now, I mean, we had our baby in uh, June, and she showed up uh, with food for us. And yeah, she came over she's to meet a sweet baby. lady. And, she's, and, so. and, and one of the reasons she loves her pond so much is it's a place for her to, to interact and engage with her grandkids. Yep. So we did a pond tour um, last year. And typically our pond tours we do, just like yours, they're free. You know, we bring people in there, but for hers, we made her pond, pond central. Um, and then I said, like, hey, um, I found mm-hmm. out her 
daughter has a charity. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a fallen. I, I should know this, but it's like fallen soldiers. fallen soldiers. It 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 supports uh, uh, families that are traveling to, you know, bring their bring their kids home. Yep. So yeah, when a soldier dies, um, basically, I think the government or the the they and I might get this wrong. They pay for like the dad and the mom to fly out there. Yep. So this Extended actually families. helps. Yep, that's helped extend the family go get their son when they fly him in and fly him home. And it helps some other stuff too. But So we actually um, we raised money uh, for her daughter's um, mm-hmm. charity, and then I told her I would match whatever it was. Nice. And then um, I actually just wrote a bigger check than the match just to make sure they had enough. We bought um, some really cool shirts. Um, so, I mean, it was to us, like I said, she's a special client. She's a brand new client. Yes. But I just, I just looked in and said, you know, this, this lady is amazing what can I do to, to help her? Um, so it was great that we got to use her pond because it's beautiful, but then also awesome that we were able to um, kind of bring attention to what her, what her uh, daughter did. Yeah. Yep. Well, and you, don't, and you don't have those kind of relationships, Chris, with, with you know, customers you cut their lawns. No, that's a, that's a, yeah, like you said, what is the favorite thing? It's just, I mean, our clients, there's so many clients, so many experiences I've had where they become like really good friends, um, you know, that I never would have, never would have met doing another type of uh, contracting business or, or let's, the relationship. Uh, let's close up here with your best piece of advice. You've talked a little bit about numbers. Besides knowing your numbers and, and running the business and setting budgets and incentivizing your guys, you know, if you're a new contractor getting into this market or an experienced one, what would your, what would your advice be as a, as a seasoned professional certified contractor? For me, um, you've kind of covered the stuff. It's the numbers, the business numbers part of it, but then also like the team. So building the team um, and then also empowering them. So I, I cringe when I see someone refer to their employees as their helpers. To me, it's got to be a teammate, and they've got yep. to, you've got to get a new guy to the point where they're, they can make decisions on their own, that you don't have to do that. For one, they're going to feel a lot better about their job, but two, they're going to do, obviously be more productive for you. So, well, and, and Will is a guy that you actually met when you gave a presentation at, was it Iowa State? Uh, landscape design yep. program, or mm-hmm. so. Talk yeah, a little bit about Will, ahead. and now you, because because everybody wants a Ed or a Brian or a Will. So we we met every year. I go up to Iowa State and do a presentation for their landscape. I think it's a construction class, so it's all the kids going through the landscape design and architect program that are in this class. And Will, you know, every year or every couple, of years, like, actually writes down and says, "Hey, I'm going to go work for that guy." So Will came to work for me in 2013. His process was, I'm going to go learn from this guy for a year, go work for a different company and specializes in what somebody in my own business. Mm-hmm. So Will came work for me. He loved it, um, decided he's going to stick around for another year. And then I basically said, okay, I, I, liked, I liked Will. I liked where he, his head was. And you, know, you could just tell he was he's something special. So then yep. from that, I just said, like, okay, well, how do I – what do you want to do? And I basically – my goal was to put him in a position where he felt like he was – he could make decisions. He could run his own business and have all the opportunity he wanted from, from me without having to go start his business and not have that. And that's how – basically, that's how it kind of – that's why he's still here. If I wouldn't have given him an opportunity to be where he's at today, he would have, he would have left already. He would have left right away. 
And I think so, that's a great that's a great story because so many times people say, um, "Well, how do you find one of these guys?" And I'm like, "You already have, but they've come and gone from your business because you know you didn't give them a rope, and you give people a rope, they either you know climb like a Will or an Ed or a Brian, or they hang themselves. But if you don't yep. give them the rope, you have no chance to keep them around, and then of course then you're stuck working in your business instead of like you've successfully been able to transition to working on your business." So best piece of advice to the, the kind of uh, summarize that is just get the heck out of the way, right? Get, get out of the way of these guys. Um, and I love the, the rope thing because you're going to know who you can give a rope to and who you can't, right? Yep. You're going to have some instincts on that. So, you know, use your instincts and then also like constantly, I guess, challenge them, challenge a guy to see what happens. And that's what we do. Okay. And, uh, and the proof is in the pudding. Just add water. Longtime certified Aquascape contractor. Terrific work. And uh, it's going to be fun this week <laughs> reliving your vlogs. Chris, I appreciate your time, buddy. Thanks, Greg. Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, hope you enjoyed that podcast. And if you want to subscribe to the podcast, just go to aquascapeinc.com slash podcast and tune in every Tuesday and Thursday at 4 p.m. Central Time for a brand new podcast. I love my job and I hope you can too.